Welcome to another edition of Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church. We're so glad you chose to listen with us today, and we pray your life will be blessed through the following message. We've been talking about the vision for the church, and you can see the nesting dolls up here, and I've taken out where we've gotten to. Um, Our overall mission is to become passionate pursuers of God. We do that because the Lord tells us that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord, our God, with all our heart, mind, and soul. So that's what we're aiming to do is to become passionate pursuers of him. Through that, we will learn how to love our neighbors ourselves. We will know how to minister in our community. So it's just that simple. So that's, not, that's why our goal is to become passionate pursuers of God. And we've talked about prayer being the foundation. We, we need prayer for everything that we're doing. We gotta be just layered in prayer, covered in prayer. And so we, we don't want to stop praying for this area, uh, this community. Prayer is extremely important. Uh, we want missions. And again, these are nesting dolls because it's not just once we get done praying, then we go do missions, then we go do the next thing. They're all embedded in each other. So while we're out ministering to the people, we're still praying. When we bring people in, we're eventually getting to discipleship. I haven't unveiled that one yet, but that's a part of what we're doing, right? The next one I talked to you about was inner healing. When we go minister to people, when we go fishing for people, the fish we're pulling in are not necessarily cleaned yet, right? And so just like in the, in the area of fishing, which I know a ton about. Those of you who aren't laughing don't know me very well, I guess. I don't know diddly about fishing. It's if you just throw something in there and hope something bites it and reel it in. I caught a lot of rocks the last few years, so I gave up. Uh, I was fishing for fish, but I got, I got rocks. I was just, you know, anyway, but. As you pull the fish out, they got to be clean. So that's what we're talking about, inner healing. A lot of people in the world, and even maybe you, need inner healing. It's not just an unsaved area. That's why it's so important to the church. Missions is not just for, uh, for this church. It's for every church, right? Prayer is not just for one or two of us. I mean, all these things work together. I was reading a story. I was thinking about what could really help us out and break the ice and dad was telling me one of his stories about a doctor and I can't share that one with you it was a good one but it's a little bit gross like it's not I just don't know that I can share that from the pulpit I'll be happy to share it individually but I I don't know that it should be on Facebook but anyway but it got me thinking about uh, doctors and so I read this story I want to read it to you it was about a woman who went to the doctor's office for a condition that had been going on for over a week She was assigned to the new doctor in the office, and after only a few minutes of being there with the new doctor, man, she came running out of the room, screaming. She was running down the hallway, and the senior doctor there overheard the commotion, came out trying to figure out what was going on. He was able to corral the lady, and he was able to get her calmed down and ask her what was going on. And after listening to her, immediately he went back to that new doctor and just started laying into him. The doctor stormed down the hallway to where the new doctor was. That doctor was calmly writing down something on his pad. He said, what's the matter with you? Miss Smith has been a patient here for decades. She has seven children, ten grandchildren. She just turned 70 last month, and you told her that she was pregnant. What is the matter with you? And that doctor just stayed very calm, continuing to write down in the patient's chart, didn't even look up, and he said, does she still have the hiccups? She did not have the hiccups anymore. She did not have the hiccups anymore. But you see, our world is in need of more than just a hiccup remedy. It's in need of more than just a hiccup remedy. And that's why inner healing comes into play. It's not just a matter of you need Jesus. You do need Jesus, absolutely. 
But part of discipleship is walking with people, having people walk with us to where we get to know the Father on a more intimate, deep level. And what happens is we allow the Holy Spirit to enter in. He begins to expose the things in our life that have brought trauma. And that's where this idea of inner healing comes into play. We should all be able to minister at some level. We should all be able to minister the love of the Lord at some level. But we want to talk about inner healing. When do you need something more than just a, I'm praying for you, or the Lord loves you? You see, here's the struggle. So many times that we're dealing with uh, anxiety, we're dealing with fear, we're dealing with bondage. These things are what keep us in bondage, depression. The problem is we don't know where it comes from. We don't know why we're stressed out. We don't know why we're anxious. We don't know why we're fearful. We don't know why we're depressed. We think we do. We start saying things that we think are causing the stress and the anxiety and things of that nature. But through inner healing, God gets to the root of the problem. You see, the dictionary tells us that healing is when we restore to original purity or integrity. And that's what we want to do. We want God to restore us to original purity, to original integrity. When you came out of the womb, when you were first born, believe it or not, that was not original purity. Dr. Bobby Shane taught us a couple weeks ago about the sin nature. And I encourage you to check out that message. It's on uh, SoundCloud podcast. It's on Facebook. But he broke down very well about getting rid of that sin nature. You're born with that sin nature. That's not original manufacturer standards. Don't seem fair that you come out with a defect, does it? It's not about fair. It's not about right and wrong. It's about looking to the Lord and not judging it based on what we think is right and fair. And because of past actions, which ought to speak to us loudly, because of past actions, we started out in sin. Think about that as far as your actions and how that passes down to your kids and grandkids and things of that nature. The good news is, just like with the sin nature and just like with Adam's decision that, that got us into this state, God provides a way out. God provides a, a uh, complete healing, a complete restoration. So when we're talking about inner healing. That's the point we want to get to is where we get back to original purity, to the way God intended us to be. This is what we're saying here at Southside. This is our definition of inner healing, is to allow the Holy Spirit to expose the root cause of our problems and then bring complete healing to the most damaged, tender parts of our heart. Let me say that again. To allow the Holy Spirit to expose the root cause of our problems and then bring complete healing to the most damaged, tender parts of our heart. You know, I told that story about the hiccups, and I told it because it made me laugh. But then I began to realize that's how we treat the Holy Spirit sometimes. We want to go fuss at him because we don't know the whole story. We want to go tell him how crazy he is for what he's doing. Don't you understand who this person is? Don't you understand? And we just start checking off the checklist. And the Holy Spirit very calmly is saying, I got this. I know the cure. And guess what? That cure seems really ridiculous. I don't know about you, but I never thought about curing somebody's hiccups that way. We always used to hold our breath and then slowly blow out, count to ten. And if you hiccup, you just start again. Eventually you'd get it. And then some people do the scare method. I mean, just different ways, right? I never thought about telling an older lady she was pregnant. That's, you know, it's different. 
But the point is that the doctor in that story, he knew the answer. See, our job is not to try to figure out the answer. That's the Holy Spirit's job. He is the doctor. He is the specialist. He is the surgeon. It's not our job to figure out how to heal people. It's not our job to try to figure out how to cure people. It's not our job to figure out how to save people. It's our job to introduce people to the Holy Spirit. It's our job to remember that we serve the God that has all the answers. Amen? It's our job to recognize when we need to visit the Holy Spirit again. You see, sometimes as Christians, I think we forget that we need to go back to that operating table from time to time. We start looking at everybody else, and I thought Dad brought one of the best words I've heard in a while. He wasn't even preaching last Sunday. I think that one's on Facebook as well. He talked about in the right hand. By the way, if you don't know my father, you ought to know any question he asks you is more than likely a setup. And he set you up and me last week because I did it too. And just as a refresher, he said, the right hand here, God says, represents your lawyer. And he said, who's your lawyer? And everybody in this building said, God, because we knew the correct Sunday school answer. And then in dad fashion, he looked back and said, no. <laughs> and we were confused. See, God is supposed to be our lawyer, but that's not who our lawyer is. And dad delivered a word saying that God told us to fire our lawyer. And then to fire our judge, because guess what? That's what we're doing. We're trying to defend our actions to other people. We're trying to judge other people and what they do. And all we should be doing is getting close to the Holy Spirit and showing other people who the Holy Spirit is. That's it. It's not our job to come up with a cure. Isaiah 61, in the third verse, picks up and says, Oh, I'm sorry. It doesn't say that. Isaiah 61.3 says, To grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the cloak of praise instead of a disheartened spirit. So they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. You see, the oaks of righteousness, that's where I get that O-R from because it reminds me of the operating room. And when we submit to the Holy Spirit, he begins to become a surgeon on us taking away the things that shouldn't be there, you know, stitching up pieces that we've ruined or messed up or hurt, putting in things that we're missing. He takes care of all of that, making us into that oak of righteousness. And it says the planting of the Lord, not the planting of Herman, not the planting of Dad, not the planting of anybody else in here, the planting of the Lord. Why? So he may be glorified. So he may be glorified. I preached a sermon, I think, earlier this year, talked about uh, right motives, uh, no, right actions, wrong motives. I don't even remember the name of the title now. What is it, David? Right motives, wrong methods. That's it. Thank you. I'm sorry. I look at that because we talk about that all the time. Right motives. Maybe I don't know what I preached earlier this year. Right motives, wrong methods. I, I believe truly that we have the right motives in here. We want to see this world come to Jesus Christ. We want to see people be the best they can be. We want to be a part of what God's doing, but sometimes we have the wrong methods. Sometimes we try to be the Holy Spirit instead of letting the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit. And we, when we don't understand, we start trying to solve it or defend ourselves in our thought process rather than just saying, hey, Lord, I don't get that. I don't get that. Daddy was reminding me the other day that it's okay not to know all the answers. And I said, I don't have a problem when I can't answer somebody's question. What I have a problem with is if I can't answer several questions in a row. That's when I start feeling stupid and dumb and not worthy of my position. 
You start asking me question after question after question, and I'm going, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's a good thought. I don't know. Then I start, then I start looking for ways to defend myself and justify. Even though you haven't said anything against me, you were just curious. I start internalizing that. I start telling myself that I'm a dummy or that I don't understand something and I should have understood it. And then I start trying to make the solution happen. So we go out to the world, we see the way they're acting, we go, you shouldn't be acting that way. What we ought to be saying is, I'm not shocked that you're acting that way because you don't know my Jesus. But I can tell you this right now, if you'll let me introduce you to Jesus, you won't want to act that way anymore. It may still be a growing process for you, and that's part of our, our, our discipleship. To me, the biggest difference between saved and unsaved is that you no longer want to do the things that you were doing that are not of the Lord. You start desiring to please the Lord. You start desiring to do the things of the Lord, which is what leads us to some of our judgment and being our own attorney. That's why I truly believe we do have the, the right motivation but we got to use the Lord's methods. We can't use our own methods. So our job is to introduce people to the Holy Spirit. So we see a world that's hurting. We see a world that's in need of a Savior. We ought to walk people into the OR. I did make one mistake the Lord wanted me to clarify. Last year I told you guys that we wanted to bring people in here. We're calling this the OR. This is an OR. This is one area that people can get operated on. But wherever you go... Wherever you are can be God's operating room. Wherever. Notice I said can. See, we have to invite the Holy Spirit in. We have to allow him to set up shop and operate. Some of us get in mid-surgery and stop the operation right there. I'm speaking from experience. No, Lord, that hurts too much. No, Lord, that don't make any sense. I don't know why you're doing that. Never mind, I don't want this, Lord. One thing that comes to mind is patience. I used to hear people talk all the time, don't pray for patience. Don't pray for patience. And sometimes you get in the middle of it, you say, no, I need to know patience. God, I know I need patience. Lord, give me patience. And about the third test and trial, you go, never mind, Lord, I'm not ready for patience. You're right in the middle of the operating room, and he's, he's operating on you and teaching you patience, and it just hurts too much, and you're like, never mind. You stop it right in the middle of it. I know I can't be the only one that's done that. <laughs> What happens to us is we start trying to treat the symptoms instead of the root cause, though. That judgment, whether intended or unintended, comes from us trying to treat the symptoms. You know, have you ever had a runny nose that wasn't the result of a cold? It happens. It happens. Hopefully you don't just go to the doctor because you had a runny nose today. You just get a tissue, right? But if this keeps happening over and over and over again, you might have to check it out and figure out what's going on. Because what you're experiencing is a symptom. It's not just the running nose you're trying to fix. That's the symptom of the root cause. You go to the refrigerator and go to get something to eat, there's nothing in there. That could just be a symptom of the root cause. You just hadn't gone shopping yet. Now, maybe yours is another reason. Maybe you don't have the money to go shopping. But again, as the Lord gets in there and operates, he begins to expose what's the real reason behind the symptom. What's the real reason you don't have groceries in the refrigerator? What's the real reason you got a runny nose? You see, the spiritual issues present in the natural, but the solution is always the spiritual. The Bible told us about ten of those such symptoms. 
in the Old Testament. And then when Jesus showed up on the scene, he didn't say he came to abolish it. He said he, he did not come to abolish the law. See, lying, cheating, stealing, you know, these things are symptoms of the root cause. You don't need to just fix your lying problem. You don't need to just fix your cheating problem. You don't need to just fix your stealing problem. You need to fix the spiritual root of it. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. The first thing that he fixes is the root cause of sin. See, the world is not going to understand how to operate in the world of Christianity until they accept Jesus and become a part of the world of Christianity. So none of the solutions that we try to apply to their lives are going to have lasting influence unless they first meet our Savior. Unless you deal with the original sin problem, unless you deal with the original root cause, and that's where salvation comes into play. So when we talk about inner healing, everybody that doesn't know Jesus is in need of that particular inner healing. And everybody that's listening to me or is in this room here, maybe you're not listening to me and you should, should be able to lead somebody to the Holy Spirit, to the Lord. You shouldn't have to bring them to me for salvation. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. It's simple as this. Why did you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? That's all you got to minister to people. That's all you got to minister to people. You don't have to know every single scripture. You don't have to have a fancy prayer to take them through. You know, the Lord put that part in Romans about that if you confess in your mouth, but believe in your heart. If you believe in your heart, we can walk people through the best prayers. I think David testified last week that Gary's got a fantastic one. Walks them through start to finish. It's a great one. I'm not making fun of that prayer. But I can't repeat that prayer because I can't remember everything he said. And it's foolish of me to try to do it the way Gary does it. It's foolish of me to try to lead somebody to salvation through a prayer the way you do it. Because the Bible says if you believe in Jesus, right? If you not just know of him, right? Believe in him. Believe he came. Believe he died for you. Believe he rose on the third day. I mean, that's all we're confessing. Lord, I know I need you and I want you. Would you come in and save me? Does it need to be any more complicated than that? If it does show me, I don't see that. What I'm trying to say is don't worry about what that prayer looks or sounds like. God understands your heart, and that's what's most important. And it's the same for the person you're ministering to. So at the most basic level, we should all be able to provide inner healing ministry to people we come in contact with simply from the salvation level. But we also understand that he goes, or should understand that he goes deeper than that, and that's really where this uh, nesting doll comes from for inner healing. We're not just talking about salvation. We're talking about the traumas and the pains and the things that have, that have made lasting impressions on people. I don't know when the last time you ran across somebody that told you they didn't want to come to church because the church hurt them, but if you just start talking to people that aren't in church, it won't be very long. Now my question is, was the church they went to the symptom or the root cause? I'd be willing to bet it was a symptom that they were looking for an excuse. And I would hope and pray that, God forbid, you get offended here at this church. What I would love is that we sit down and get it taken care of together. That would be the ultimate response. But even if you can't get past that and you have to leave, you should not use it as an excuse to never go to a church again. You just shouldn't. That's, that's a symptom. 
The other thing that is, just so you know, is you're looking to man to fulfill you and not God. See, if I can offend you and make you leave, then are you really following after God or are you chasing what feelings you get when you come in this place? See, I don't have a problem with you coming in here because I do it too and feeling the Holy Spirit move on your life. I don't have a problem with you leaving this place and going, man, I had a great time there today. But what happens if you show up and in your mind God doesn't move as strongly on your life that day as he did a week ago? What is your response? That's, that's the kind of feelings we start having to submit to the Lord in the operating room to say, Lord, there's something deeper there. It's something more than just somebody talked to me a bad way. I got news for you. I've probably said something I shouldn't have said to you guys at some point in time. In my mind, I might have been cutting up, but you didn't receive it that way. If you're sitting there and I did that, I apologize to you right now. The reality is the more time you spend with one another, the more chance you have to irritate one another. <laughs> it's a weird clapping amen part, but I agree, I agree. So it makes sense that the more time we spend together ministering and worshiping the Lord, there's a chance that we're going to offend and irritate each other. It's how do you deal with that? How do you address that? If you allow that incident to cause you to leave a church, then I would say there's a, a deeper cause, and that's where we're talking about inner healing needs to come into play. Well, guess what? We're dealing with a world that, that has, whether they have ever been to church in their life or not, is making excuses and finding ways not to accept Jesus, not to, do his, uh, to, to follow his plan, not to come into the church building. I mean, I've heard it all. I've heard it all. The reasons why people won't accept Jesus, the reasons why people won't come into the church building, those are just symptoms. And the Holy Spirit's the one that comes in and deals with those symptoms and actually deals with them by dealing with the root cause. So again, things present in the flesh, and chances are good as you minister to people, you're going to run across people that need inner healing. I would be surprised if you run across somebody that doesn't need inner healing, especially nowadays. Especially nowadays. People are hurt. Let me read this definition again, uh, or the, the struggle that we talked about. So many of the things that keep us in bondage are hidden deep inside our hearts. We struggle with anxiety, fear, anger, depression, addiction, as well as other negative emotions. Do you think our world's dealing with those things? You go look up some statistics on how many people are being treated for anxiety disorders or depression. It's through the roof. And by the way, I'm not saying that they're not experiencing those issues. I'm saying that the solution, the ultimate solution is not going to be found in appeal or worldly counseling. The ultimate solution is going to be found by allowing the Holy Spirit to get in there and to heal the wound that's there. Then it's ultimate healing. The reality is that the sin that we deal with comes from living outside of God's blueprint for our life. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. says, And you were dead in your offenses and sins, in which you previously walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Let me, let me read that again, and you can substitute your name in there. 
And you, Herman. Okay? And you, fill in your name, were dead in your offenses and sins. Verse 3 says, Among them we too all previously lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the rest. Our world is dealing with something called cancel culture, and I have had to really have that explained to me quite a bit. I have struggled to understand cancel culture, but I think I finally understand it. Basically, if somebody says something you don't agree with and don't like, you don't just disagree with them. You try to get them canceled, kicked out of their job, destroyed, humiliated. Am I close? Okay, all right. That's cancel culture. You know why? What they do is they bring up your past mistakes. You're not allowed to speak into my life because you did this, this, and this, and this. So guess who hadn't done those things? The Holy Spirit. So doesn't it make sense that we don't try to convince people out of our own efforts? And we just simply say, let me tell you what the Lord did for me. You're right. I used to be right where you were. I used to have the same thought pattern. I used to do this, some of the same things you're doing. But then I met Jesus. I met the Holy Spirit. And he came in and he healed me 100% fully and completely. You can't cancel the Holy Spirit. You can deny him. You can ignore him, but you can't cancel him. I like the way this, uh, it's called the Mirror Study Bible, although I will tell you guys it's a little misnamed because it doesn't have every uh, book of the Bible in there. And so I just want you to know I, I enjoyed the first part of it, but I don't want you to go in there misunderstanding. You go to it and say, mine's missing Matthew or, or the Old Testament, so you know what's going on. But it was given to me a couple of weeks ago. I'd never heard of the mirror study Bible before, but Ephesians 2, 1 reads like this in that Bible. It says, picture where God found us. We were in a death trap of an inferior lifestyle, constantly living below the blueprint measure of our lives. One of the guys that uh, I think did the commentary in there was Francois Dutois. Did I do good, Gary? Oh, man, I thought about that a lot, saying his name. I didn't want to mess it up. <laughs> But Francois Dutrois said, sin is to live out of context with the blueprints of one's design, to behave out of tune with God's original harmony. Man, so good. When we are experiencing the symptoms that are in need of inner healing, it's because we've gotten outside of the blueprint of our lives that was laid by God. The blueprint for our lives is that Bible. He talked about tuning into God. Chris Valentine said the difference between the deaf and the hearing is not how loudly God speaks, but how open we are to hear him speak. And in his book, he gives this example, or one of his books, he gives this example about a radio. And for those of you that still listen to a radio, you've got to tune into the station you want to listen to. If you want to listen to Christian music, you've got to go to a particular station. It's okay. It happens frequently. Uh, you've got to go to a particular station, correct? I know the 93.3 here. And 104.7, the two that I know of for sure, I think there's one more. But if you go to other stations, you're not going to get what you're looking for. When you think about that in terms of God, the world has all these stations out there. And we're tuning into something all the time. If we want to know the blueprint for our life, we've got to begin to turn our dial to God's station. We've got to tune in to Him. Shelley Hendricks says, we do not behave out of our identity we behave out of our understanding of our identity in Christ. 
So the question becomes, how do we choose from so many options? How do we know what to choose? There's so many voices, there's so many stations, there's so many things speaking in our lives. One of the reasons people subscribe to so many different religions is because it, it makes sense to them. It makes sense to them. But the Bible is the only one that has stood the test of time that people keep finding evidence for that speaks the truth. And that's the blueprint for our lives. But we had to choose that. We had to choose Jesus. So people in the world that are hurting are trying to figure out, what do I do to make this hurting stop? That's why they're turning to counselors. That's why they're turning to appeals. That's why they're turning to, to all kinds of things. Some people are hurting themselves. Some people think about suicide. They, they, they do whatever they can to make the hurting stop. And all they're doing is treating the symptoms instead of the root cause. So when we come along, we want to provide them the solution. The Bible is our blueprint. The Bible shows us how we can live in harmony with God. It's not a rules book that if you don't follow, then you're going to get a demerit and time out in the corner. The Bible is our guide to say, look, you want to have the best, most abundant life possible, you, then you need to be in harmony with God. And this is going to show you how to be in harmony with God. Isn't that awesome that we have the cheat sheet, we have the manual, we have the guide? You know, I had a car one time. And every good man refuses to look at directions or looks at manuals. However, I have decided that uh, I secretly am going to do it anyway. I just may not tell anybody. And I had this car one time, and I needed to change the battery in it. Battery was dead. I went to go change the battery. I could not find the battery. I mean, I looked forever. I finally got a manual. This is before the Internet, I think. I don't really remember, but I just know I, I had the actual paper book and looked up how to change the battery, and it gave you step-by-step -step instructions. Step one, remove front passenger tire. I said, what? I wanted to make sure I was on the right page. I said, no, 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 I want to replace the battery. All right, go to page 75, 75, replacing battery. Here we go. Step one, remove front passenger tire. Rem what? I had to take that car to the, to the body shop or to the mechanic to replace the battery for me because I couldn't get to it. But thank God I had the instructions. I'd have never found that battery. You know, that's how it happens to us sometimes. Uh, we're dealing with a situation. We know we're, we're struggling. We know we're frustrated. And we can't find the solution because we're trying to think of it on our own if we just consult the manual. And then sometimes we read the manual and we need to go back to the index, make sure we're on the right, right spot. But once we know we're in the right spot, we need to trust what it says because you know what? Once we remove that tire, we found the battery. And we replace the battery. So we have a manual. That's what the Bible, that's what the blueprint is for. And that's what we want to introduce the world to. That's part of discipleship, which we're going to talk about later. But discipleship is walking through the Bible, learning how to understand God's word, learning how to apply it to our lives. I'm almost finished here. So again, how do we choose from so many options? We go back to the blueprint, which is the detailed plan of action for our lives. And for us, that's the Bible. So the question is, how do I apply this to my life? Because if you talk to Leanne, if you talk to Dad, if you talk to some people that have been in some inner healing sessions, uh, 
you may not feel like you're able to do what they do. And I would say that it's possible you, you can't do what they do right now. And it's okay. So then how does this apply to me and to my life? We're talking about inner healing. Well, I think we should all be able to discern when somebody needs inner healing. And, and we can already cheat the system a little bit. I'm going to tell you something. If they're in the world and they don't know Jesus, they need inner healing. They need inner healing. That's the truth. So step one, how does this apply to me? Simply know that everyone needs to be restored to original purity. Romans 3.23 tells us, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For all have sinned. There's not a person that you'll run into, that you'll talk to, that doesn't need Jesus. So just simply knowing that is step one. And we should all be able to minister Jesus to people. We should all be able to introduce people to Jesus. Discern the need for inner healing. Again, if you're, if you're witnessing, if you're loving on your community, guess what's going to happen? You're going to come across people more than once. You know, there's a gentleman at a gas station uh, that I go to regularly, and I, I get a couple of um, uh, drinks from there, and every time I talk to the gentleman. But it started with me just saying, hey, my name is Herman, and introduced myself, and he gave me his name. And then the next time it was just simply, hey, good morning, how are you doing today? That's happened several times. I walked in yesterday with Tammy, and I introduced him. His name is Jay. I said, Jay, this is my wife, Tammy. I wanted you to meet her. Now, Jay is from India, and we've had lots of conversations about India and Bombay and where he's from. And um, I say lots. Let me back up. We haven't had lots. We've had a few. I've really only started talking to him over the last month, month and a half. And he was so excited to, to meet Tammy, and just he, he gave her a candy bar. Is this for you? This for you right here. And he wouldn't let her take just the regular size. He gave her the king size. He wanted to be a blessing. I've only talked to this man a few times. By the time we got done, that man's already told me that if I want to, we can go down to Bombay and he will put us up for however long we're there. I've only known this guy a month. And he's being sincere and genuine. How do I know that? Number one, having enough conversations with people, you begin to pick up on when somebody's sincere or genuine or not. So it starts with just having that relationship, just having a conversation with somebody. And then as you begin to pick up on what they're dealing with, we can always minister prayer and the Holy Spirit to people, but they may need some more deeper counseling-type sessions. They may need that. And so what do you do in that situation? Do you feel equipped? Ultimately, what would be nice is if every one of us were able to go to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, something's up. I don't know what's going on. Can you please reveal it to me, show it to me, and help me deal with it? That's the ultimate place to be. But guess what? I didn't come out walking and talking. I had to learn over time. And so to be able to get to that point is going to take time. And to be honest, some of us may never get to that point. So what do we do in the meantime? We walk with one another. We help each other out. Jesus sent the disciples out in pairs to help each other. So when we come across somebody that's in need of inner healing, we need to have people to walk with us. I will tell you, this church right now, what we've got set up, is Leanne, stand up and wave everybody, Leanne, that don't know Leanne. You got half of that. That's all right. I'm going to let you slide on the stand-up. That's okay. It's all right. Dad deals a lot with the inner healing. Uh, Tammy and I dealt with inner healing. Um, and for right now, you can come to one of us four. We're in the process as we go forward next year of setting up some more uh, in-depth sessions, some training sessions, and uh, trying to identify people that might actually be good at that part of it. It does go to more what I, what I term specialized uh, training and healing. 
Okay, there's a program that we've run here for many, many years called Living Waters. How many of you have been through the Living Waters program or know of the Living Waters program, even if you haven't gone through it? Okay. So uh, Bev Gamalo, is she here today? I don't think she's with us today. Bev Gamalo and several of you guys in here have gone through it and helped with it. That's the program we've been using in the past. And it's, uh, again, it's to try to get to those deep traumas. And it's not just a one-day thing. This is something that's done over weeks. Okay, this is, this is deep trauma. That's what we're talking about, okay? That's what we're getting into with inner healing. And you're going to run across people that are in need of that. And just sitting down and praying with them and talking to them is not going to solve the issue right then in that, that five-minute conversation or 30-second conversation. So as you continue to walk with them and God continues to open the doors for you to minister, then you need to be able to go and say, hey, look, I, I think you really would benefit from some, uh, you know, special inner healing prayer. I don't have the terminology. I apologize. But I, I think you would benefit from some from some um, more sessions, more counseling, more inner healing, okay? Leanne's really get, getting me evil eyes right now because I know that's not the right term. I'll let her come up and share later. My point is when you recognize that, know what to do with it, right? That, that's my whole point to all of this, why I'm going so deep in that. And it's, I'm not asking you to walk people through inner healing as we're describing it, okay? Matter of fact, I'm asking you not to uh, do that part of it. Okay, I'm asking you to know who to get with, who can walk alongside of you. Right now, I've given you four names that you can reach out to right now. Okay, and there's more. I know there's more in here. I just don't want to put you on the spot until I've talked with you, make sure you want to be a part of this. Uh, and so we'll, we'll be doing some of that stuff next year. But that's what we're talking about with inner healing. It, it goes further than just, you know, I was mad yesterday. And, I, and I, get, I did get irritated yesterday. Tammy upset me quite bad. She turned the volume down on the TV. Now, we had two TVs going at the time, and all she did was turn the volume on the lower one down, but it upset me. And I was, I pouted a little bit. And the reality is, uh, after I prayed, I realized I was just being bad. I, I just needed to apologize and quit acting like a fool. That particular incident didn't need inner healing and deep trauma. But one that I have struggled with is some of my eating issues and things like that. And I've sat down for a, for a couple of sessions. And as I sit there and allow the Holy Spirit, and uh, I've gone through with Leanne, and, and who was with us that time? Was it just you? I think Leanne, maybe Bev sat down with me and... Uh, Bev's another good contact point, too. I'm sorry if I didn't mention her. Um, as, as God began to reveal to me, some of that stemmed from uh, things that happened to me as a child, and not bad things, but the ways I processed them. One, one, one easy, simple example is this right here. I, I, I love soda. I love drinking soda. I drink quite a bit of it. Now, I do drink the zeros, so it's not, as, not all the sugar and stuff. But a lot of that stems from the fact I just didn't get much soda growing up. Mom and Dad just wouldn't let us have that. And so... It became a control issue for me. It became more about, well, now that I can make my own decisions, nobody's going to tell me I can't have soda. Well, at that point, it becomes something worse, and it can lead to addiction. And so while I'm sitting there trying to deal with it on a uh, basic level of marking everything down in Weight Watchers and doing this stuff, I haven't dealt with the root cause of why I go to things like soda all the time. So that's what we're talking about the inner healing. I sit down. And all Leanne and Bev and Dad do is they just say, Holy Spirit, would you just come in and show him? And they say, what, what are you thinking about? What's the Lord showing you? And they'll walk with you through that. They walked with me through this. And I thought it was, was silly, not the process. I mean, the, the thinking about when Mom and Dad didn't let me have soda, my initial thought was, that can't be the problem. I mean, seriously, how, how ridiculous is that? But they encouraged me, just tell me. Don't, don't worry about if it makes sense to you or not. So I said, well, I'm just thinking about the time growing up Mom and Dad wouldn't let me have soda. And then they ask the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit begins to minister to me through that. It wasn't really about the soda itself. 
it was about the control and not feel like I had any control over my life in that situation or how it changed as I got older. But that happened through a deeper session, you know. So what are, what are your responsibilities to minister salvation, to introduce people to the Holy Spirit? And when you run across people and they open up to you and they start pouring their life out to you and you don't know exactly where to go with that, that's when you reach out to one of the people I've talked to you about right now. And then we help walk you and them through a process that later I'll develop for you and show you what we're doing here at Southside Christian Fellowship. But ultimately, I want to leave you with this thought here. Applying the solution is this simple. Do, it, do we need continued discipleship? With my temper tantrum yesterday, I just simply needed more discipleship. Herman, that's not the proper way to respond. You know, do I need a tissue or an antibiotic? Or do I, you know, do I need continued discipleship or do I need a specialized healing session? The Holy Spirit is the specialist. The people I've named are not the specialist. They are experienced in the ministry of inner healing. But ultimately what we're doing is we're introducing people to the Holy Spirit. If you'll stand to your feet, I'll bring this to a close. <clears throat> Again, make no mistake, it's not, it's not if you will run into people that need inner healing, it's when. When will you run into somebody that needs inner healing and what do you do when you identify they need inner healing? When somebody continues to pour out to you and everything they pour out to you is negative and everything they pour out to you is a problem and everything they pour out to you is an excuse as to why they're in the situation that they're in and you're seeing this over and over and over and over again, that light bulb ought to go off in your head. You need something more than just a pat on the back or an encouragement today. We all go through bad days. We all have off days, right? But if it's happening over and over and over again, that's your clue that they need more. So we want to introduce them to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Let me remind you what Francois Dutois said. Sin is to live out of context with the blueprints of one's design to behave out of tune with God's original harmony. Whenever we are struggling in life, whether we are saved or unsaved, it's because we are out of harmony with God. We are outside of the blueprint that God has for our lives. I want to encourage you today, if you're walking outside of the blueprint, because guess what? You can be inside that blueprint as a Christian, and then someday you take an exit out that door that was there, and you're no longer in the blueprint. All you got to do is get right back in the blueprint. How are you going to know if you walked outside the blueprint? Well, a lot of the stress, anxiety, fear, depression, they're pretty good indicators that you're being attacked. What do you do with that? If you can't get out of that thought process, then it's possible you've walked outside that blueprint, or you're forgetting to look at the blueprint. Okay? Either way... We need to come back and simply allow the Holy Spirit to come in and operate. Amen? Amen. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to come together, Lord God. I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for the blueprint, for the manual. Lord, I thank you that you came and made a way that we could be restored back to original purity. Lord, as we continue to minister to people out in this world, would you please go with us? Would you guide us? Would you direct us, Father God? Lord, ultimately, we just want to introduce people to you. So, Father God, when we start to get in the way of that, we start to introduce them to ourselves and not you, Father God. Would you just show us? Would you convict our hearts, Lord God? Help us to get back to the blueprint that you have for our lives, Father God. Lord, ultimately, we just want to see your kingdom grow, Father. We want to see your kingdom grow. Father, we want to see your will be done in this earth, Lord God, in this community, in our neighborhoods, Lord. So, Father, forgive us of the unwillingness to do it your way. But ultimately, Lord, we pray that you would just provide us more opportunities that we could learn from and that, Lord God, we could 
do what you've asked us to do, Father. Lord, I thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, and He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.